Pro Wrestling Viewpoint with Mike Shea. This past weekend we had the Elimination Chamber, which I felt was a pretty above average show for the Fed these days. And um, the viewership was up 54%. The numbers across the board were um, quite phenomenal. What did you think about the show? Well, I mean, largest gate ever, Montreal or for Elimination Chamber. Merchandise was up, sponsorship revenue was up 300%. Uh, you know, uh, Sammy, Zayn, and Roman Reigns had 20 million views on the social media stuff that they had. Uh, and I liked it that there was only five matches on the show. It was not the pay-per-view that never ends. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, it uh, kept me interested. I it, I didn't know. I mean, I was thinking, okay, they're going to keep the belt on Roman Reigns. But I didn't know for sure. It made you go, because there's a lot of points in there. It's like, oh my God, Sammy's going to win this. You know, I mean, the booking of this whole bloodline thing, and the, the not just the booking, because you, you can book the story, but the matches, the stories, the matches are telling is tremendous and there's a difference you could you can have a great angle but if they go in and just do flips and flops all over the place and just goes and goes and goes without like that storytelling in that match i had to watch i had to keep watching like is he gonna win is you know sammy Zayn gonna win is he gonna be the champ like the fact that it didn't touch for almost five minutes after the bell rang yeah that's storytelling yeah you know when you have and the crowd was into it well that's just it when you have two guys selling the emotion, right, looking around, staring each other down, right, and really not doing a whole lot more, but playing to the audience, building, feeding that to finally being able to touch, and all of a sudden they do that first set of events, and off they go, and again. If you watch that match, you watch the way that Roman plays to the crowd. Roman plays to Sammy's wife, right? Uh, Sammy, Paul, Paul Heyman being the the person who's always finding the right place, the right time to make sure he's getting that shot that you see on on TV, but also in the photos that you're going, man, he's in trouble, right? And the fact that he sells it so well, yeah, right. Um, the fact that they, they sold the end of the, the show on Monday Night Raw with him with the neck brace on the uh, promo on Monday. Yeah. I was sitting there having visions of Bobby the Brain Heenan <laughs> yeah. when he did all those angles with his... with his uh, The never-ending neck brace issue. Neck brace, yeah. neck brace issues with Ken Patera, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. Um, but the, the event itself, I just loved the way that that, that paced out. Um, I thought Sammy might win. I thought maybe he might, they might do it as a, um, a ref, you know, the one ref making the count, another ref calling for disqualification, right? I thought maybe they might try and do it that way. You know, there was all kinds of rumors out there the day of that they might try to do a yeah. screw job 2.0, which yeah. I'm glad they didn't do because the, the whole story itself is just so organic. You know, yeah. the fact that Sami Zayn went from being a part a little part that was only supposed to be a week or two to all of a sudden being one of the main driving factors in the program yeah was absolutely phenomenal you have guys it just goes to show that has talent that if they get that opportunity you know and look where you can go 
Well, that's just it. You don't have to be six foot six and jacked to the tilt, right? Yeah. You have to have raw motion. You have to have the ability to be able to sell. He's in, and he's in shape. He looks the part, mm -hmm. you know, and and he's able to tell that story in the ring. He's good on the mic, the character stuff, and the things that he does. I mean, you know, you know when he tells Roman Reigns, yeah, he hasn't. Jay hasn't been feeling oozy, you know, and every they start they have to always like all of them, you know, Solo, Jay, Jimmy, Roman. It's the only guy that didn't crack up. I think was Paul Heyman, but it, you know, little things like that to help get that character over, and they built it. I mean, they arced that. It, it was tremendous. I mean, it, it's my favorite uh, storyline or my, like, what I'm watching there. But, I mean, WWE in general, like, I hadn't watched it for a while. I mean, I paid attention to what was going on, but I hadn't really watched it. I don't even think I, like, I mean, watched it, watched it. I just saw some of the results online. It just was so stale. It was so, like, who cares? Nothing makes me want to watch this. Nothing makes me want to see if if uh, austin theory is going to take the golden egg or whatever the hell that was that vince mcmahon was doing it was like you know i mean god bless vince mcmahon don't, don't get me wrong i mean he made the industry in that company him the drive that him and you have to throw his wife linda in there because she also put a lot of work and a lot into that company um you know but i mean there comes a time business wise i think i said on the last show we did it was you know last week um business wise he, if he wants to run the business wise side of things you know getting the um merchandising deals the tv deals the streaming deals all that stuff and let triple h keep doing what he's doing i mean you go back years when now when triple h was running nxt oh my god that was tremendous stuff i love the booking and i was wondering why they weren't getting more viewers I mean, they were going. There was no war between AEW and NXT. I mean, you had some of these top guys on AEW uh, on a prime TV station, lots of publicity and that kind of thing. You know, they were the darling of the wrestling community, and you had them going against NXT, which, for the most part, was a lot of guys that were coming up. They were doing a hell of a job, though. I mean, you know, it's like they were doing well. And over the long run, those people are going to come up, and go, when they go to the main brand. If you want to go to war, go to war with the main brand if you're going to. But like I said, what's this war crap? Just do your own business. Just do business. What's best for you? Make money, improve your product. Don't worry about trying to beat a Vince McMahon or WWE. They've got they've they've got what a they started in what eighty three. Mm -hmm. They got a forty year head start on you. That's you know, right. so I mean, it's like I said, it's not a to me, it's not a war. But no, but and it shouldn't be a war. But man, WWE's product. I mean, I'm I'm even watching SmackDown. I gotta watch it to do this thing, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to get more and more of it. You know, to, to just to to watch it. Lucky I can watch it streaming and get through the commercials. But I saw, was it Raw that had the had the uh, picture in picture for the commercials this week? Possibly. I think it was. I might just get a stream that doesn't have it before. But I saw it and I'm like, oh god, this is crap. Mm -hmm. I hate pitcher and pitcher. Be it AEW, WWE, just take a few minutes here or there, do whatever, and cut the show down a little bit. Get rid of a crappy promo you don't need. Put the commercial in and come back because it just takes away from the product. <laughs> so that's my opinion on that. That's just I I just despise the pitcher and pitcher stuff. Yeah, for me, the Elimination Chamber, top to bottom, was a fantastic show. Um, I. I 
as much as I hear, I see a lot of complaints about the the, the poor finish of the Lesnar Lashley. I thought it's great because again, there's no definitive finish. It, it's a good opportunity to keep them and say, "Hey, you didn't beat me. I was about to put your butt to sleep." Yeah. And you couldn't handle it. Yeah. Right. So it makes for a great opportunity down the line, and most likely they'll probably have another. They'll probably be able to main event a WrestleMania at some, some point or SummerSlam right? coming because up. I think next the next big thing will be Brock Lesnar and Gunther at SummerSlam, maybe. Yeah, right. Or they, because or they could do that. They could do that at uh, feasibly. They could do that at King of the Ring. Oh, I don't think they'd waste. I don't think they'd waste a um, non-four event. Right. Yeah. Again, I think even though they have these monthly or every six weeks, however you want to plan it out, they're going to want to have these big events, that kind of thing, for those big draws. Yeah. Right. And I, I can't see them willing to waste the opportunity. Of a SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, or Mania, WrestleMania yeah. for Gunther and um, Lesnar, or Bobby Lashley and um, Lesnar, right? Again, if you're going to have that big blow off, have it at one of the big four. Yeah. Or if you're going to have the big thing with Gunther, make that one of the big four. Well, it depends on where they want to go with. Um, I mean, they're going back to being traditional again yeah they do have some of those quote-unquote premium live events but really they've had it's really the big four but or the big five because i mean back king of the ring used to be one of their big events mm-hmm. if they want to do that again that could be you know but i mean i think they're when it comes to their premium pay-per-view events keep it minimal right if you you have one every time i know you know you got SummerSlam, you have mania Royal Rumble, and um, it's the fourth one. Survivor Series. Survivor Series, right? You have those. Well, you can't go crazy with it, you know. No, they've like, already announced they've got Money in the Bank. Yeah. You got the King of the Ring, and then you got the Queen of the Ring Queen, at Queen the same show. Ring. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. But and there's two in May, is there not? It's Money in the Bank and King of the Ring. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I believe the King of the Ring event is going the same weekend as an AEW event. Oh, really? I believe. Uh, I saw something about that today. But anyways, getting back to the, the Elimination Chamber, um, I thought the Women's Elimination Chamber was very well done. Yeah. Uh, I liked all the spots in that. Um, again, they, and the good story. And very it's the story, story in that. 100%. It, it, they, they told that story with each person in that. that that's, what, yeah. that's what sells. When you look at the difference between certain promotions... Yes. Like, I mean, you look at some of the AEW stuff, it's like, let's go out there and just hit all our shit. And it's like, all right, well, great. But it's like, it's different when I can become emotionally invested in seeing, you know, is Asuka going to beat the hell out of Carmella? <laughs> like, well, you know. Well, that was the thing. When I when I saw the, the competitors for the women's uh, match, I instantly picked Asuka because that's <laughs> who I wanted to be in, in main event at Mania. But then as the match was going on, it's like, okay, I could see each one of these. Not maybe Carmella, but again, she could play the heel, or sorry, the the, the, the weasel heel. Right? Yeah. Again, and pull it out. Yeah. And pull it off, right? Um, so every one of the competitors in there put on a great performance. You and know, you, and you weren't they sure. Made Liv Tyler, or um, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. <laughs> uh, 
um, put her to sleep with both finishers, right? Again, that kept her strong. She didn't have to tap. She pulled the Steve Austin, right? Yeah. Where she just was KO'd, right? Um, the men's main event, or sorry, the men's elimination chamber was fantastic. Uh, some of the spots they had, uh, you look at Seth and Johnny sitting on top of the, the chamber. Yeah. That was hilarious. Uh, you see Montez Ford doing that incredible drop from the top of the cage. It's like, please catch him. Yeah. But, you know, I was, they did a great sell job when he got eliminated. Yeah. Because you're sitting there going, did he really get hurt? Was it that bad? But then when you see Paul, uh, uh, Logan, Logan Paul, Paul yeah. come flying through the ring, it's like, okay, good. It looks like it's a spot. Fantastic. Yeah. Because this was a great event for, for Montez Ford to come through. I wasn't a fan of a lot of the, the gesturing. It's like, just do you, pal. Yeah. You know, you've got a great personality. You know, the Street Profits don't need to be the DX chopping, all this other, yeah. everybody else's stuff. You're here. You earned your spot to be here because of the talent that you are. Become memorable for what you do, not just get a cheap pop, as Mick Foley would say. For doing the DX chop and whatever other moves he did, that but, I thought, you know, this just doesn't fit you. That's the thing you with know? them; they they have the talent to do anything in the ring, athletically. With 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 street profits, you know, the they can do anything, anything that's asked of them. Now they can develop a character, like a true character. You're not an actor, like I said before. You're not a Shakespearean actor. You know what I mean? You you know you're not uh, Patrick Stewart. So. Don't try to be him. Just go out and be, I was always told, be an amped up version of yourself. You know, and, and that's what they need to be because most people can't pull off, like a Bray Wyatt, I don't I don't think that's him. I mean, to pull off a character like that, there's very few that can. Just be a version of you, the amped up version of you. And that's how you become popular because you're not struggling to be something you're not. And, and I mean, they, if they can find that, they're gold, they're money. Well, I'm looking forward to the time when he does become a singles competitor because I could see him and Miz and have a intergender match with Bianca and Maurice. Yeah. You know, that'd be a great opportunity for them. You know, I'm looking at all these different opportunities that, that Montez can have with these good technical and good speaking um, performers before they hang it up. Right? Can he hang with a Brock Lesnar? Maybe. He can bump right? for him. He can sure as hell bump for him. Yeah. Right. And then he can I'd love hit. To see him go with with um, Roman Reigns. You know. Yeah. Let them go. And right? he can hit that big stuff to make it mean something. You know, not that Montez Ford's a small guy, but he's not Brock Lesnar. You know, no, but no, but right? but he could. You don't go out there and wrestle that same kind of match. You wrestle your match. Which you do what you do well. Don't do what you don't do well and wrestle your match because that guy can fly around. That guy can do pretty much anything athletically. You're not going to out muscle Brock, so don't try. You know, no. Bobby Lashley can do that because he's huge. That's right. But Montez Ford can do this crazy stuff to keep Brock on his toes. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that can you know when he finds him, it, it, you know, those guys, the Street Profits in general, find they find them. Man, they're off to the races. Yeah. Well, it's funny when I was watching the pre-show. I caught up halfway through and all of a sudden there's Ariel Hawani on it. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's familiar. Where have I seen him? 
And I was like, oh, this is the guy who was having a uh, a little bit of a Twitter spat with Tony Khan. Yeah. And uh, Tony Khan had uh, had tweeted something. I guess this is the guy who had done the interview with Tony in around the time of the uh, CM Punk uh, debacle. And basically Tony Khan snapped back and basically uh, insulted Tony Schiavone in his response. Right. I, I think it was meant to be more I saw that his snapback about you know he, he's he's more biased than Tony Schiavone but I mean Tony Schiavone's playing a character I think that's the point he was going to try to get back and I can see where Tony uh, Tony Khan's coming from everybody says like Conan I was listening everybody says he's a nice guy he's a really good guy and I can see where Tony uh, where uh, Tony Khan's coming from because a couple of weeks prior they have Triple H on they don't mention anything about the Vince McMahon stuff any of that they're throwing softballs up there lobbing them so he can smack them out of the park you know and it's like but then tony khan's on and he you know it's like he asks him how many times about cm punk and he goes i can't answer that there was one he could have answered but i mean i see where he wants to stay away from their lawsuits could be ha- this is being investigated like this was fresh ha- you know and when he says i can't answer that carry on Go to, there's a lot of other stuff that was going on at the time that he could have been asking him you know so why is he out there and he's you know he's going after tony like that where he's lobbying softballs like i said to, to triple h you know and people some, some idiot online was saying oh well you know they get a list of questions of what they can't ask maybe tony should have should have done that tony's kind of new he doesn't have that department that's gonna like and a new new department like that to uh that handle say legal to send out something like that but if i'm interviewing somebody if we're sitting here and we're interviewing whoever and something just came up say a backstage fight and the guy goes i can't really talk about that well oh come on but did, did the guy say something to you or did you know did this or did... it's like i'll shut up and i'll move on to my next set of questions because i should have more questions sitting there if i'm a true pro so i mean i can see where tony tony khan's coming from you know it, it's uh you know, and Ariel Halawani is on the pre-show on the panel before the show even starts. And then he's in the crowd with George St. Pierre watching. Like, if you're on that panel, you know he's getting paid. So therefore, he he isn't he isn't uh, a, uh, a, a non-partial party. He, he is biased. He's being paid for by the, by the other company. Sure. So, you know, I mean... I, I I don't know. Like no wonder Dana White hates him. There's you know I saw a thing with these other with fighters as well. They go why would they hate they hate uh, Ariel Halawani? It's like he smear me a little bit. Like do like why would you ever do that? I mean oh well it's not the WWE so we can't we're not gonna you know piss off you know Triple H or Vince McMahon or anybody asking those kind of ah it's just AEW let me you know go out there and do what I want and then he was and it was him that talked shit about Tony Khan. At first, saying he wouldn't answer any of my questions, he answered a ton of your questions. It was an hour and twelve minutes, so that was a lot of it. That was a lot of dead air. If that, if he didn't answer any of your damn questions, so you know he did answer your questions, and, and uh, you know, so let, let's not be slagging on. You know, let, let's stop making the news. It, it comes down. It's like the media in general. The media wants to be the news, not just report it, and that's what he's doing. You know, but I mean, but I mean, Tony Khan, he likes to be on those shows in the podcast where you know he has the sycophants yes man and people bowing down to him oh my god it's a great tony khan too like i see that but 
either way it doesn't matter if he, if he says i can't answer that he can't answer it it's the middle of something that just happened there's so many legal ramifications and ariel ariel should know that so yeah i mean i i, I if i'm on anybody's side here i'm on tony khan's side so speaking of sides are you ever on vince russo's side i think he's an idiot <laughs> i mean i don't like him and i'm not you know people go well who the fuck are you to to you know to to say that and it's like you know what i've got more experience when it came to when it got into the business and like this guy because you know this is what kills me so russo this is what he said on people thinking sammy Zayn winning the elimination chamber i'm going to give the wwf all the credit in the world because they have crafted this to manipulate the marks and the marks don't even know that they're getting manipulated that's how brain dead you marks are you have no idea they have done a master done it masterfully and here's exactly what they've done and chris we called this months ago talking to his co-host stop acting derogatory he is no more than any other quote-unquote mark when he got in there he had a goddamn radio show and he annoyed them enough said well fine come in see what you can do that's how he got in from what i read and it's like stop referring the, the marks quote-unquote marks and talking about them being brain dead it's that's how you book a show so that they don't know who's going to win that's how you get the reaction and the sales and all this stuff that we mentioned earlier with you know viewership for the elimination chamber being up 54 percent 300 percent more sponsorship and stuff and that you know the word mark comes back to the carney days a mark was somebody they would actually mark him with chalk so the people that wanted to take advantage of him with games and so forth and whatever they'd see the mark and know he could be worked that's what that goes back to and nobody was a bigger mark than russo that's what he was before he got this opportunity and Vin and jim Cornette makes fun of him he goes you know he's because russo says something like wow i've never been here before but never been where like atlanta or whatever it was no on this side of the on this side of the barrier and and and, and jim Cornette says, what the f is this guy talking about he's like what did he just say like he's kind of shocked that he's talking like that like being oh my god i'm on the other side of the barrier so you know what stop t talking down the fans i call them the fans i'm not going to say the marks only the ones that think they know everything like you know and they, they try to talk like that and talk like they know more than people in the business but don't ever ever talk down the fans the fans are what makes this business and god bless every one of them because a guy like this should shut his mouth and be grateful that anybody is listening to his goddamn podcast he can go to hell <laughs> see you got so worked up there that you used the f-bomb oh yeah sorry so, sorry people it's make sure you bleep yeah, that out he drives me nuts just because why are you disparaging the fans like before in that other the, our other broadcast we're talking about fans should never touch the, the wrestlers yes they're still their fans stop mm -hmm. talking down about them that's right you know i mean the fans are what make this industry if it wasn't for those fans this idiot would have a podcast that's right and he never would have had the success he had when he was in the federation right oh and the only reason why he had any goddamn success was because vince mcmahon and these other guys would take his shitty ass ideas and go oh well we can use that but throw out that other three quarters of it but this can make sense and we can make this right because when he ran his ass over to wcw he helped put them out of business because he couldn't he, you know what he didn't know shit from apple butter as jim Cornette would say he didn't know crap 
You know, he went over there and did stupid, stupid crap. He put the belt on Arquette. You know, he did what a, something on a pole match every second week. The guy doesn't have a goddamn clue. He's terrible. And if Vince Russo ever hears this, you suck. Go away and stop talking about wrestling and stop talking down about the fans. Well, maybe he's booker for AEW. Oh, God, no. They wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Are you sure? I think he's on did the. You, he's he got on matches almost every other week or every other buildup. So I think he. I think he is on the whole, the whole. Don't let him in the building, uh, <laughs> list because he's an idiot, you know. And it's like, and actually, AEW did over a million again. So that's something that Vince Russo couldn't do. So he could never bring the numbers up. He's great at bringing numbers down. So yeah, it's no, <laughs> he's terrible. You've been listening to Pro Wrestling Viewpoint with Mike Shea.